again we turn to Proverbs for our Sabbath afternoon study and message. A friend is a friend at all times. Or may I say a true friend is a friend at all times. That is a quotation of chapter 17 and verse 17 where we read, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Interestingly, the word loveth is a root word where we have the word friend found here in Proverbs and elsewhere in the Old Testament. Or we have a verse like chapter 20 and verse 6, a faithful man who can find. So this afternoon I would like to speak about friendship. And it is important that we not only befriend people, that we're very careful who our frequent friends are. The word translated friend or friends in Proverbs is predominantly the word translated neighbor in Proverbs and the Scriptures. Matter of fact, the same Hebrew word in Proverbs is, is uh, translated neighbor 18 times and friend or friends 14 times. So most of the time, the Hebrew word is translated as neighbor. So obviously the translators had to make a decision between a neighbor or a friend. I guess it depended on the context. If it had to do with someone that was just a brief encounter or something that didn't really have to do with um, close friendship, they translated it neighbor. But for instance, we find a friend loveth at all times. They did not feel it justified to translate that a neighbor loveth at all times. So you see the, the um, decisions that translators have to make when you have words that are general and can be uh, broken down into different ideas in different contexts. Three times a Hebrew word is used translated guide in chapter 2 and friends in chapters 16 and 17. It's a different word than what we find 32 times translated neighbor and friend. There's also another word for friend that is found in chapter 19 and verse 7. All the brethren of the poor hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? They could have obviously translated that neighbors, or I'm sorry, not in this case. Yes, the actual word is a stronger vocabulary word than the word for neighbor. But they obviously wanted us to see that these are fair-weather friends who only uh, care about being friends with rich and wealthy people but neglect the poor. There's a word for companion in chapter 13, verse 20, where it says, a companion, a companion of fools is 
a fool is a, a companion of those that are um, unwise. I better turn to that one. 13 and verse 20. It says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So a companion is is a parallel, is a synonym of the words friends and guides. But this one is actually a word that means feeder. That an unwise person is a feeder of fools. It's an interesting thought. It's a word that's normally found of a shepherd. And then you have an interesting word that's that's translated friend three times that means a loved one. And that seems to be more on the mark of a true friend is a loved one, one who loves. Just like we see in the, in the, Old, in the New Testament, love one another. So when I started with chapter 17 and verse 17, you have the two main words for friend in Proverbs. A friend loveth. Now, the word loveth is a verb, but it's, it's the verbal form of the word that is translated friend, which means a loved one. So, we could translate chapter 17 and verse 17, a friend is a friend at all times, or a friend is a loved one at all times, because it says a friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. So we have, we have a, another word that enters into this discussion. The word brother. A brother can be someone that's a relative or someone that is, in the New Testament idea, someone who's in the family of God. Though he might not be a blood relative. But normally in Proverbs, a brother is a blood relative and not necessarily a spiritual friend of anyone in the family. We've all known that there are relatives that are blood related but are not related spiritually to us. And we pray for their salvation. So, uh, we embark on this thought of a true friend. There's a Disclaimer: A couple of disclaimers I need to make of verses that seem to say something positive about friendships. Verse 24 of chapter 18. Would you look with me there? 18.24 A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Very famous verse. Now, what does that mean? It it seems to mean that if you want to have friends, you've got to be friendly. Okay, A man that has friends must show himself friendly. But may I I take sides with that? It does not teach that you must be friendly to make friends. That is a truism, but it's not taught there. Actually, as you compare it with the second part of the verse, the idea is better to have one good friend than many fair-weather friends. You see, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. 
And it seems to say that this looked like this is a synonymous parallelism, that the second is saying something very similar, or maybe even in addition to the first statement. It's good to have friends by being friendly, but it's but keep in mind it's good to have a best friend, a better friend, that sticketh closer than a brother. But again, let me suggest to you that the word friendly, make himself friendly, can have the idea of to be broken in pieces. And actually, the Chaldean form of that verb is used in Daniel chapter 2 about the, um, um, the Colossus being broken to pieces. Remember by the, by the iron, at, at when it was at the iron broke in pieces, the, uh, the image. So here's the idea. A man of friends, you see that half is in italics, a man of friends must, or a man of friends will be broken to pieces. But there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So, the idea that we usually get from this is uh, that if you want to have friends, you've got to be friendly. But the, the the text is actually teaching a man who likes to just make all kinds of friends is going to be broken to pieces. So better one good friend than many shallow friends. Now, the authorized version translates it, show himself friendly, and the word and after that. But if we look at it as a negative, we would have but instead of and. So a man of friends... It means a man who just tries to make a lot of friends will be broken to pieces, but a there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So do you see the difference in those two ideas? It's true that if you want to have good friends, you've got to be friendly and loving. But this verse is not teaching that. This verse is actually not teaching a synonymous parallel, but an antithetic opposites from the first to the second verse. Better to have one good friend that sticketh closer than a brother than many who are not faithful friends. So, that's a disclaimer. So, chapter 18 and verse 24 is advocating having good friends, but not necessarily a best friend scenario. Someone will say, well, isn't it not right for everybody to have a best friend? We have to be careful. Okay? Now, let me just back up a little bit and say, just like when we studied Proverbs and looked at Christology, the study of Christ, we looked at chapter 18, verse 24, as a verse about Christ. Some will say, no, it's just a verse about being a good friend. Where do you see Christ in this? Well, I do think we can see this if we parallel with the New Testament. Abraham is called God's friend two times in the Old Testament and in James chapter 2, the friend of God. So there is the aspect of, of, of God being your friend or you being God's friend. Now, in 1824, the word for friend that sticketh closer than a brother is not the normal word translated friend or neighbor, but loved one. There is a loved one that sticketh closer than a brother. In Proverbs, 
chapter 8, where Jesus is personified by wisdom, it says, I love them that love me. The same Hebrew words. And Jesus is called in the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4, my love by the, by the woman representing the church. Now, is there a place in the Bible where, where Jesus is a loved one? The Bible says, and we read it together in Matthew 11, they accused him of being a friend of sinners. The word friend in the Greek is loved one. It's the word philos from you get Philadelphia, brotherly love. And in John 15, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. The same word, philos, but the plural. So you have the parallel, loved one that sticketh closer to the brother, a loved one called a friend in the New Testament. So I believe you can put those together. And the challenge is not so much as just having one best friend, but the challenge is that every true Christian in, the, in, in each individual church should be a friend to each other. We should love one another. A friend is a loved one. And so it's not so much, well, I should pick out one person to be my best friend, but that the church should strive to be a communion, a covenant communion of all good friends. So the question comes to us in this case, not so much who is my neighbor, but who is my friend. And the answer is, just like the Good Samaritan ended up, don't ask the question, who is my friend or who is my neighbor? Be a neighbor to somebody in the same way as a friend. Be a friend that is a true friend to the people of God. So the answer is, one who, who is my friend, one whom I befriend and cause to be a good friend. So I'm, what I'm cautioning us is, sometimes in the Christian church, people form cliques and to the neglect of others, they form best friends, so to speak, where most of their time is devoted in that case where the Bible talks about the, the church is a one another communion. We ought not to neglect others, just like in this context, a poorer person is neglected by those who are shallow friends, even to those who have wealth. Now, someone might ask, well, didn't Jesus have an inner circle? He took Peter, James, and John sometimes places where he didn't take the others. Well, I think he was teaching them uh, to be leaders as he was teaching the others, but uh, we certainly do not see there was any sin in, in what Jesus did. He was not trying to cause any jealousy or envy among his disciples. Um, there was a jealousy among the disciples when James and John asked for the closest seats in the kingdom, but Jesus' answer was there are many close seats to those that will be called in the kingdom. So, having said that, uh, we all need to be a type of friends that are, are true friends, faithful friends. One other disclaimer, in chapter 6, says we're to make sure our friends as if we're extricating ourselves from poor friends. That's in the context of debts. 
So actually what it's teaching in chapter 6 verses 1 and following is to make sure uh, that our friend or the word should have been actually translated neighbor here that we don't enter into very hasty indebtedness. We're to be very careful who we shake hands with and the pointer there is striking hands is making an agreement where we're taking on a debt uh, and we're to be very careful who we're to make our debts with. It's not teaching about being careful about our friendships. So having said that, the teaching on friendship in the book of Proverbs is uh, very important. The first thing is friendship marriage. Those who are looking for mates should look for someone that's a true friend. A friend in the Lord, first of all, but a, someone who is who is very faithful, excuse me, someone who is very faithful and not out for someone's money or prestige, but it's translated, the word is translated guide in chapter 2 of Proverbs. The, the strange woman forsakes the guide of her youth, referring to her husband, and forgets the covenant of her God. So guide and covenant put together the husband that she has a covenant with before God. She's broken the covenant of marriage and she's violated the closeness of marriage that she had with her guide, the guide of her youth. So that's an ideal Christian marriage. You should marry someone that's a believer and someone that's a true friend. Having said that, we too obviously should be believers and true friends. And we have good examples in the Bible. We have Aquila and Priscilla and Joseph and Mary, Zacharias and Elizabeth. But there are obviously best case scenarios in marriages where you have a believer and a non-believer. And Paul talks about those who are content to dwell with the believer in 1 Corinthians 7. As best as you can to be a friend to your unsaved spouse. But for our children and, and others that are looking for spouses, always look for someone that is faithful to Christ will be faithful. It's not out for your money, not out for uh, materialism, but someone who loves the Lord and someone who will love you and love your children and, and uh, love the church and, and uh, someone that will, will encourage family worship. And, and uh, Proverbs teaches friendship, marriage, friendship, family, by extension, the brother and sisters that stick together brother is born for adversity it says interestingly now some will say well the difference between the brother and the the good friend in Proverbs 18 is the brother is a safety net the relative is someone born for adversity where the friend is is someone that's there for not only adversity but for prosperity and I'm not sure that that dichotomy is exactly correct I think it's saying something positive about the brother and the friend. Now, the best case scenario is someone that is a blood relative and a believer. You, you can't have it any better than that. James and John and Peter and Andrew and uh, other pairs, you know, or even triplets, like you've got uh, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, and you've got Mary... Martha and Lazarus, those were certainly 
the best scenarios that you could ever get outside a Christian marriage. So, you you have friendship, family, and uh, that is something that we that we pray for. Every family should be that close together, parents and children, serving the Lord and having family worship and walking with God and being together in a covenant church community. But for the most part, the book of Proverbs teaches us what a faithful friend is. And it's a faithful friend is very valuable. And the burden is that we're teaching one another to become faithful friends. And Proverbs kind of unpacks what a favorite friend is. A favorite friend is someone that covers transgression, chapter 17 and verse 9, where we read there that he that covereth a transgression seeketh love. And if you translate love again as the word friend, he that covereth a transgression seeketh a friend. But he that repeateth the matter separateth friends. You see the difference. If you want to be a true friend to someone, be someone who's quick to forgive and slow to take offense and slow to and, and, and to keep the matter private covering transgressions you're not wanting to uncover and expose someone you're wanting to cover it you're wanting to keep it in tabs you're wanting that person to get right with the Lord and you're not wanting to spread it unnecessarily so a true friend is a person who forgives and wants to protect the reputation of another person just like it says in chapter 10, verse 12, love, or if we translate a friend, covereth all sins. So you've got again the scenario a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So what that's teaching is a true friend is reliable in all circumstances, whether it's adversity or prosperity. Chipmunk that's scratching in the corner. Uh, we have a lot of. We're actually the renters of this place. The bees and the chipmunks and other critters actually own this building since the 1800s. It could be the speaker. I don't know. The speaker, as in loudspeaker, not. Preacher, speaker. So, having ignored that noise, let's continue. Obviously, being a friend and a brother in Christ is so ideal in the church of the Lord, like we read so often in the scriptures David and Jonathan and the other actual blood relatives who knew the Lord in the Old and New Testaments. Versus David and Ahithophel. Ahithophel forsook his friendship of David. He became an unfaithful friend. And Paul was forsaken by Demas toward the end of his life. So the Bible says to beware of fair weather friends. Chapter 19, verse 6 says, Every man is a friend of him that giveth gifts. Beware of the person that that uh, 
wants to befriend you because you have something to give him or her. Greedy friendliness is to be warned against. Be cautious about those who are greedy and want your friendship. You want your friendship. The rich have many friends, chapter 14 and verse 20. So we're to be generous, but that's where it enters, and we need to be very careful of not being greed producing, uh, and that we're not people that enable others. Good to be generous, but be careful, because we can cause people to, to be fair weather friends by just randomly um, being generous. You've all met people that ask for money and you suspected they were going to get a bottle of liquor. And they may have. And though we're friendly, we have to be very careful in the uh, use of our wealth. A true friend is one at all times. There are times when, when we're going to have face adverse situations. And a true friend is there in times of difficulty and times of prosperity. 